Last orders at the bar, please. Welcome to Tavern Tales. These are the adventures of The Rookies, a curated actual play of the tabletop role-playing game Masks, a new generation from Magpie Publishing, previously on Tavern Tales. Well, session one is over, and we are done with detention. We've met our five heroes and gotten a sense of where they live. Now, let's give them some guidance. Come sit down and drink with the enemy, raise a glass and toast to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So come sit down and laugh with the enemy, raise your glass and sing to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So I won't end up being alone, cause I won't drink my drink alone. So what about you? One beer or two, I'll drink to you. So I kind of feel like the game should start with a like an A&E biography. Welcome to W5 on CTV. Yeah, maybe it's a charity telethon, you know, sort of thing <laughs> where we're going through all of the different yeah. paraphernalia, movies, magazine articles, reliving the lives of the team. They've gone through, gone by many names over the years, one of which being the rookies. They weren't rookies for long, though. Uh, and before the break, sort of thing, we'd gotten to the point where they'd all been sentenced to detention together the same day, where it was felt that maybe even after the effects of taking down the giant robot Zion, which there isn't any articles to this day that recalls and remembers those actions, because only the team knows what happened that day. But it's here at detention, as the teacher has stepped out, and duct tape has been applied, and squabbles have ensued, and homework has been forgotten, that we rejoin the group with the teacher walking back in and finding our coterie, our little band of superheroes in various stages of not proper detention etiquette. So why don't we set the scene? We're in the classroom, you got the wood paneled walls, you got the desks, teacher's desk at the front, big whiteboard. Maybe it's an electronic board because this is, you know, modern futuristic sort of school sort of times. And where do we find your characters? Why don't you introduce who you are and who you are playing? And in the process of that, explain where you are currently in the detention room, the homeroom, that you would not or should not normally be. Hi, I'm Paige, and I'm playing Experiment 742, or as everyone else calls me, Xpay. I am sitting at the desk, grabbing all of the books out of my bag, trying to determine what I'm supposed to be doing in this classroom and what the purpose of being in here is. I was tricked and I was told that I was learning something new, but I've yet to not do that. And I'm just very confused sitting at my desk. That seems very normal. What not normal thing are you doing? One, 
because you're the newborn and that seems completely unrealistic <laughs> that this is a lesson you've properly learned. And two, I wanted to know where you were and how you were not properly situated. Because do remember, there was a big argument between the chase and George Grady because George Grady decided to duct tape the pants of Terry Chase. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I probably saw this and thought that that was a fashion statement. And so I've probably grabbed the duct tape myself and started taping my own pants. I love it. I'm Allison and I'm playing George Grady, the duct tape pantser. Oh, so a new superhero name? Oh, definitely. He's got many. He's working on a rebranding. Might not stick. (sighs) So George is utterly just the fact that Terry did not respond the way George had expected from his very kind gesture of fixing Terry's embarrassing rip in his pants. Kind of like it didn't go the way expected and it actually caused him to become hopeless, which was a lovely card I have in front of me. So he's feeling really dejected. And so after X-Pay grabs the duct tape, he kind of angrily takes it back from them and sits down and is like holding back angry tears and he just doesn't want to look at anybody kind of puts his head down on his desk that's where george is sorry angry tears or hopeless tears probably hopeless tears (laughs) sad tears. but he's trying to be manly about it so he's put like that's why he kind of grabbed it gruffly from x-pay but he's definitely because no matter what you do george i'm hopeless you're always the bad guy yeah there's no hope Mm -hmm. george hello i'm marie claire and i am playing the bull bow who aka also known as Adora Smith. Adora pretends to be this like very gothic punk exterior and so wears a lot of black and dyes her hair black but has flashes of pink throughout her wardrobe of things that she still likes but doesn't like to show that she likes as much. And she has decided that she doesn't like to sit at the desk any longer so she is underneath her desk with her feet up on the chair drawing like stuff on the under part of the desk. My name is Aaron, and I am playing Solarian, the Nova. He normally sits at the back of the class because he normally sits at the back, and he's actually reading through his philosophy textbook, even though he normally doesn't read it. So it's still like brand new and like just came out of the package. So that's what he's doing at the front of the class, actually pretending to do his homework, but he's not actually. He's just reading through, disappointed at all the lies that it's telling him. Because he he knows what happens. You know how the philosophy textbook ends? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just wanted to clarify that. (laughs) So I asked, what are you doing that is not properly being at detention? And you told me, properly being at detention? Yes. (laughs) Made the same mistake I did. It's being a good little Solarian. That is kind of weird. That is weird for him. (laughs) (laughs) You're reading this textbook and it makes no sense to you because why? I am... Part of the font of all creation. Yeah, but you're like, you're just like Times New Roman, so. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to be Comic Sans. <laughs> I was going to say it's Comic Sans. Okay, so you are the font of all creation. Part of the font of. I don't want to take all the credit. <laughs> Not don't. don't you? <laughs> yeah. And so this philosophy textbook is, is what? This is a textbook on philosophy that he's kind of reading through. And you already know all of it? Most of it. Some of it's different and new, but most of it I already know. Have fun with that, Aaron. (laughs) I don't know how many philosophy textbooks you've read as Aaron, but I am looking forward (laughs) to your espousal of philosophical thoughts 
and mores going forward. That's going to be delightful. Right. <laughs> you didn't know you had to study for this. <laughs> It'll be just like me in high school. Not going to study. Reading some cell crates. But you don't need to study because you already know all of it. I can philosophize if you really <laughs> want me to. Teacher comes back in, spies some of you not doing proper detention related things. You see my boots. <laughs> How do you react to the teacher's return though, Bo? I jump and I hit my head on the desk. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Teacher doesn't seem to really notice that, though. Do you get hastily back into your seat or? Yeah. And I, I mumble like, ah, there's that pencil. Ex-pay, you still have like a giant wad of duct tape that you're hastily trying to unwind to apply to your pants, as is proper and was done by mm -hmm. the chase from George. Yeah. But George has ripped the duct tape from your hands and so you've got just this wad in your hands. You see the teacher walk in. What do you do with it? Well, I keep doing what I'm doing because I, I still don't understand what the purpose of this class is. Fair. So I'm just going to keep going. Okay. George is going to like pull his hoodie over a little bit more over his eyes and like he's going to sit up properly, but he's going to wipe his, his face and give a big sniffle. Gives a quiet sniffle. But yes. Does George ever do a quiet sniffle? He's trying. He thinks it's quiet. It's a medium sniffle. The teacher has four envelopes in her hands. She looks confused, maybe a bit dazed. And she looks at Solarian. And that's when she snaps into the moment and all of her frustration about whatever has just occurred on the other side of the door when she had to leave after getting that strange text is put right to bear on Solarian. And she begins to tell you that you are not anyone special. That book isn't even part of the syllabus or curriculum. You have made up that book. It's not even a real textbook. And she is doing everything she can to tell you you are not superior. You are, in fact, more mundane. And she's trying to change your labels, lower your superior, and increase your mundane. Okay, but what does the teacher say? Yes, that's what the teacher says. All of those things. So I don't know, like, how am I supposed to respond to that? Are exactly? you going to allow that to occur and allow the teacher to change your labels or will you resist their influence? I shall resist. If you're going to resist influence, you have to roll 2d6 to resist another's influence. On a 7 to 9, you get to choose one. You're going to successfully hold yourself to yourself and tune them out. I guess I'll shift one label up and one down i guess your choice of labels though not the ones the teacher was trying to do right okay are you already at a plus three for superior because i feel like that's your character so the teacher says all of those things you're that book is not you've just created that book you're not even reading proper study material that book doesn't even have real words in it <laughs> <laughs> those aren't words you have created that book once again, Solarian. You have actual detention studying to do. You need to do your normal work. Mm. If that's how you really feel, I mean, this is a published piece of scripture, but if you insist on it not being real or having containing actual words, as you call them, then I shall do my other work. Yeah, she leans over the book and she says, this paragraph literally says, Blah, 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 psychotherapy. If that is your interpretation, then that is what it says. <laughs> she holds out her hand to take the book from you. What labels have you shifted? I have shifted my freak down by one and my mundane up by one. Oh, wow. So you're, you haven't chosen to accept that your superiority has been moved, but you are less freaky 
and a more mundane as a result. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, she holds out her hand for the book. Oh. He's holding it open. Yeah. As he hands it to her. Yeah. Right and she's right as she's about to grab it, he snaps it shut and then he puts it in her hand. She startles a little bit, does not look impressed with you for having startled her. And she takes the book and as she goes to put it away on the desk, you can see it fade into non-existence because it is a creation of your cosmic energies in the first place. Four of you have gotten letters. This is very untoward. I've never seen this before. The envelopes just have your names and detention on them, and they all arrived today. None of you had detention until today, is that correct? Mm, and yet no. all of them were here this morning at First Bell. Xpay. Shank. Solarian. Mm-hmm. Adora Smith. Okay. She passes these envelopes out. They are amazing. The paper is so expensive, it feels like silk in your hands. Look at the embossment. <laughs> yes, there are, is a watermark on the envelope, not on the paper itself. The embossment, it's actually, there's no embossment. It's just nicely written, your name in big on the front, in the middle, and then the top left corner is detention. Hmm. Weird. Nothing for you. I don't know why, George. Are you okay, George? Fine. He puts his head down. <laughs> are you sure? I said I'm fine. You don't seem fine, George. Did something happen? Can I go to the washroom? Yes. Well, he actually slowly walks out. Four envelopes. You open the envelopes, yes or no? Yes. Yep. Yes. I open it by the side like a psycho. That's not psychotic. I know. I just, I, Marie Claire always opens it one particular way. I've tried to do it the other way because I find it weird when people open it from the side, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm going to watch how other people open their envelope because I don't know if I've actually seen this yet. Right. So I'm going to watch and I see two people doing it differently and then I'm going to ask for assistance. What's important though is you know there's something inside this thing. Yes. That is important and you can see others. So opening it might be however you wish to. It is what is inside that is important. <laughs> Much like most things, it's what's inside that counts. <laughs> what you say to xpay yeah as they look confused about opening the envelope is that a lesson <laughs> yar <laughs> she learned how open envelope a letter reads hello i am general g grady retired the stories about me largely true but you've now met my past self and if you have any curiosity at all about how he and I are connected, his future, my past, and the part you all have to play in it, I invite you to dinner at my apartments this Saturday night, 7 p.m. promptly. And this is where it's different for each of you. Solarian, wear something nice for once. Ooh, burn. Oh, and Bo, it will be so nice to see you again. I have some information about your dot, dot, dot mother. XP, there's a lesson in here about all of this and how important you will be in days to come. What does that even mean? There's one for Terry. Terry reads the letter. Doesn't say anything. It's Terry's not here today. <laughs> George, you're out of the room, right? Yeah, okay. I walked out of the room. Okay. Did you go to the bathroom? I did. I'm going to splash some water in my face, try to get myself back together. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't go very well. You haven't managed to do it. I haven't flung myself into an easy... Because I'm like thinking the only way to easy relief is like to escape. That's what it says. Don't judge me. Fling yourself into easy relief. So to leave the situation is the only thing that George can think of to do. Are you coming back to detention, George? <laughs> he, he will come back, but... Then you are still feeling hopeless. 
because you'll have he to just have to leave forever. Terry. Yeah. Well, okay. He still feels hopeless because Terry will still be there, yeah. and the thing you did to Terry will still be done physically. Yeah. Visible. You come back though, and uh, X Pay has managed to tape all of one leg. <laughs> with the remaining duct tape that uh, they had when you ripped the duct tape from their hands. George, yeah. should I bring anything, wine, hors d'oeuvres on the weekend at seven? He just stares at you like you're insane, like more normal, like insane, like extra insane. Very confused. You know you're a teenager, right? How are you getting wine? Yes. The, <laughs> the, the letter you wrote and then... Solarian unfolds the letter and hands it to you. Okay, and George quickly like scans it and reads it and like kind of mouths the fuck and hands it back to him. I I I does George swear? I always felt like George would have said the fudge. <laughs> oh, the Jiminy Jolikers, Batman. Is that what you would like? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> oh, I got an impression of George the last session and a half here, and he didn't seem like the swearing. T- That's fair. Are all of your swears food related? Yes. <laughs> I will write that down. Love Aww. it. Aw, shallots. <laughs> I was thinking shiitake mushrooms, but I like that as well. Shallots. <laughs> Dang. Aw, celery yeah, sticks. Crab apples and plum pudding. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. So he says, he mouths, what the fudge? And hands it back. I, I didn't know anything about this. And uh, I don't think you should go let me see if i understand this correctly we have letters written by you it's not me man do i look like a 65 year old retired general don't say yes Hmm. i didn't see anywhere in the letter about being 65 i did math and he's 65 but it's not me i'm not a, uh, a cotton head and any mumpkins but i can't use that <laughs> you're all aware who, who general george grady is. yeah oh cool he's a bad guy yes well kind of i don't know he's like the general from thunderbolt ross from the hulk sort of thing he's right. a military guy and he's definitely done things that the government has been very supportive of but largely the populace does not feel that he has served general worldwide humanity interests in good stead. American interests uphold. So he's fraught. There's a gray area there and he's definitely done some terrible things. Much of it is unknown, just speculative. Do I look like a dingleberry? Why shouldn't we go? Because he's basically like Hitler, guys. Do you want to have dinner with Hitler? I don't understand that reference. Do you want to have dinner with a really bad guy, X-Pay? It depends if there's free food. Because Jeb always says, If there's free food, you take shit. So you haven't learned this yet, but there's no such thing as a free lunch. <sighs> but I had a free lunch today. <laughs> That makes no sense. I'm definitely going to make a rule that none of your lessons are allowed to be massive cliches. <laughs> How are you supposed to learn them? They're not cliche to her anyways, or to them. I'm just, that's my opinion. You guys can go. I'm obviously not invited, but I wouldn't go even if That'd I was. That'd be awkward. You're not going to go? No, I wasn't invited. I feel like you can't invite yourself. It's your lunch, dinner, <laughs> breakfast, brunch. Food time. Food eating time. <laughs> yes. I don't want anything to do with him. And he is not me. And I am not him. It's the opposite of the Beatles. I am not the Eggman. Cuckoo, could you? Thank you. I have no idea what's happening right now, but I'm going because I like food. 
Yeah, I think I probably have to go too. We can go together. Yeah, that's fine. Do you want me to pick you up and we'll go on the bus? Oh my gosh, that would be so wonderful. Okay. Perfect. It's a date. It's a thing, right? It's a date. I mean, it's not really a date. Adora like side eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Solarian. You can call it whatever you wish. Solarian, are you coming on our date with us? (laughs) You haven't learned of the third wheel concept. (laughs) No, but it seems like a threesome to me. (laughs) I will be coming separately. And I guess I will have to dress up as you have so vehemently requested in the letter. George is not the general. I mean, obviously, like, George is, like, young, and this could be, like, an alternate timeline. So let's just assume that George is not the evil general. I mean, fascist. I mean, uh, uh. You you can say bad things about him. It's okay. I I mean, like, what if you turn into him? Just, I'm not. You know, I, I'm, I, yeah. Whoa, whoa, hopeless. I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If all else fails, I get to punch a Nazi, so that'll make me happy. Who can't you see? You said Nazi. Who can't uh, you see? <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of his superpowers? We're going to have to find out. Maybe he runs so fast like George that you can't see him. That makes sense. I get it. Okay, I'm going to write that down. You write that down. Nazi equals invisible. <laughs> <laughs> XP, where do you live? I live in the school basement. Oh. What are you going to do if you're not going to the party on Saturday, George Grady? Hide in the library. Right. Because yeah. that's cinematic comic book awesome <laughs> stuff right there, right? Yeah. Are you making <laughs> choices for adventure? Maybe you're worried he's going to kill us all. Oh, I'm totally going to stalk you guys. I'm going to like hang out outside. I just wanted to know what you're going to do. Well, that's what George wants to do nothing. But if it needs to be cinematic, <laughs> he's going to try to be stealthy, which big guy in purple is going to be real fun. <laughs> but he will try to like make sure they're that they're OK. Next panel, detention is over and everyone is heading home. And these are George's thoughts as he's walking home and he's at an intersection. If he turns right, he'll head to the library. If he turns left, he'll head to the new apartment. He's going right. Okay. He's going to the library. It is the next day. You can see into the school. People are doing their classroom stuff. And you can see Vice Principal Ma- Macterson. Ma- yeah, Macterson. So Vice Principal Macterson is looming over the group of you, just looking for ways to get you all into trouble. And as it is a beginning of the school year, right? It's September. You've been there at school for a couple of weeks. Each of you, there is a panel where you are summoned to the guidance counselor's office for a meeting. Everyone in the school has to go and see the guidance counselor. And the guidance counselor is a woman and she's very weathered. Okay. <laughs> Describe a bit of her then, please. This weathered guidance counselor. She's got long gray hair, but tied really tight into like a big bun Kay. on the back. Big okay. bun. Big bun on the back of her head. She's old, like late 60s, early 70s, I'd say. She has a vest, like a vest with lots of pockets. She's wearing very thick, like magnifying glasses on her face. Kind of like windshield mm-hmm. on her face. 
Okay. She has a cane as well. She's kind of oh. hunched over. <laughs> she's never used the cane, though, ever. It's just for whacking. Get me a switch. She's a guidance counselor, so it would never be for that. That would be absolutely That's a rumor, though. I can accept that it's a rumor. We believe back in the day that's what she sees it for. Yeah. yeah. She carries it about with her, but she never uses it for anything. Comfort cane. <laughs> so how does she carry it, then, if she's not using it as a cane? She just carries it. Okay. It's like... Kind of like tucked under her arm. Have you Ooh. never seen anyone not require a cane with a cane? You've never seen Mr. Peanut? Uh, it's for but dancing. But that's like a pimp cane. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's, Mr. Peanut does not have a pimp cane. <laughs> Mr. Peanut is dead. Thank you very much. He is yeah, now he was Teen Peanut. Is he allergic to himself? No, like, he died. Yeah, they literally killed they him literally off. They literally killed him off. This went oh, down a weird <laughs> rabbit hole, folks. <laughs> Sorry. She has a cane that she doesn't use much in the same way that Mr. Peanut didn't use his cane. What's a good name for this? Uh... Thornbubble? <laughs> Mrs. Thornbubble? Ms. Thornbubble. Yep. Thornbubble. I have Thorn fantastic bubble. names. Thank you very much. So who's the first to meet with Ms. Thornbubble? I can volunteer as tribute. Okay. George so, Grady. So George goes in. So you're wearing the same clothes you were wearing the day before. Yeah. And therefore you smell. Yeah. And you got caught by the janitor that night. Oh, at the library? The library. Oh, okay. And did not get a good night's sleep. Okay. So I don't think you've had a chance to clear that hopeless No, definitely condition. not. So you're looking pretty bedraggled mm-hmm. and hopeless as you step into the guidance counselor's office. The light is on. It's emitting that mm, hum that's really annoying. Yeah. And Ms. Thornbobble says, oh, young Mr. Grady. Have a seat. Sits down. How are you finding yourself in this new situation? It's fine, I guess. That's good. Um, you're great, George. You could be doing better. That's fair. We've had some um, upgrades to the school, the gym and whatnot, so hopefully you're able to get in there soon. But George, dear George, I don't know if this school is really the right school for you down the road you might be better suited to the phoenix academy or excelsior prep you know those schools george i i don't they're for people like you george freaks of nature and people with skills and abilities that'll harm other individuals out there in the world i mean i've never hurt anybody right george no of course not never feet never got away from you and knocked something askew or damaged property or hurt someone because you have complete control over your abilities that are far beyond the can of men right george i mean i don't think i'm any more klutzy than anyone else exactly but the problem is george is that you're not like anyone else your age are you no and we here are average normal school george you understand that yeah perhaps phoenix academy she passes you a pamphlet or excelsior prep might be more suited to your um, proclivities. And if you can't tell, she's definitely trying to shift oh, your yeah. labels. Oh, yeah. No, I got you. You're not mundane. No. You're a freak. Yeah. She's saying, you're a freak, George. Yeah. And it seems very much like you're accepting this. Yeah, I am. Because he's labels. hopeless. He can't fight this. Hopeless just means that you have a... It's harder for you to activate your and unleash yeah, your powers right now. But if you would like to just accept this change of your labels, she's shifting your labels, your mundane up... And you're freaked down. Oh, wouldn't it be the other way? Your mun- she's Oh, yeah, sorry. She's, yeah. Make- she's saying you're a, a, a freak. freak, George. Yeah. 
I can do that. All right, you accept it. I accept She's it. passed over a couple of brochures to you to Excelsior Prep and Phoenix Academy. They are amazing, beautiful pamphlets with superheroes in fancy, amazing costumes. And there's a list and litany of different types of classes you could take on how to be a proper superhero in this modern age. Things that you in your 70s school, this school... This feels like home because these sorts of schools did not exist in the Silver Age. It's not until this modern day that these sorts of schools for superheroes were in existence where you could go into a class with other speedsters. You'd be in a class just for those who do things quickly, who run quickly, do mental math quickly, and do all the other things that you can do at the speeds that you're capable of and you're used to experiencing. You wouldn't have to slow yourself down to be in this school like you do every day while you're and that's when miss thornbobble talks to you about and then she says a bunch of inane things the conversation goes on but of course the panel moves and we see george leaving with pamphlets still looking hopeless on his face mm -hmm. shifted by miss thornbobble as who steps into miss thornbobble's office solarian will enter next oh yes ian salar that's your transcripts here say Always a pleasure to see you again, Flora. That's her first name. Gerda. <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> it's Gerda, neither Flora nor... I would prefer that you call me Ms. Thornbubble, as we need to maintain a proper counselor-student relationship. When the door is open... He slowly closes the door. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Solar. He sits down and puts his briefcase... On the chair beside him. So, Ian, you've been at the school for a little while now, and your parents have been exemplary in their booster status and donations and assistance in building the entire gymnasium in two days. Freaks they are. Um, Mr. Solar, I, I talk to all of my students in the first couple of weeks of school. It's a very busy time, so I don't have much time for you as well, although I would like to have lengthy discussions with you about your proclivities and your attitude in the school, especially towards authority. But nonetheless, it never fails that we end up with a few students in the school that are more than the school can properly handle. And and you are such an individual there, Mr. Solar, for as, as much as you bring a degree of superiority and uh, higher class to the school, unfortunately, your abilities would perhaps be better suited at a, a school like Phoenix Academy or Excelsior Prep. And she has a pair of pamphlets in hand and she passes those two as well. We can see in the panel very clearly the beautiful embossed shiny covers of superhero styles high schools as she passes these two and she says, a person of your superiority and advanced skill and capabilities would far and away exceed anything else that could be taught to you here at at uh, this school. If you haven't noticed, she's trying to tell you that you are a superior being and therefore should not be here. And she's trying to increase your superiority and lower your mundane. Oh, but I just increased my mundane. <laughs> no, I'll accept it. All right, cool. Shift your labels accordingly. She passes those on to you. Do you have anything to say to the guidance counselor? He kind of flips through the two pamphlets really quickly and shoots her a look, wrinkles his nose because it smells a lot like, very, a lot like Vicks. 
the schools look interesting. I'll give them a quick gander. Excellent. We would hate to lose your parents in their support of the school and your attendance here, but I think you might be better situated in an advanced preparatory opportunity. He nods and then he leaves. Great. Who's next? Macturson. Just one T. Macturson. There's like a CT though. That's weird. Yeah. Macturson? <laughs> yeah. It's Macturson. Yeah. I don't know. This I is one of those you, bullshit names that somebody like made up at the immigration office when <laughs> they they came from Scotland. <laughs> they're like, uh, you know, like they're like McDonald's. My name is Arnold McTerson. And they're <laughs> like, Mc- so Macterson. Oh, I like that better. <laughs> I take that. Yeah. Same spelling, sir. <laughs> yeah. This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales. A curated masks, a new generation game set in the superhero teenage world of Halcyon City. Our intro and outro music is the song Tavern Tales by the Bad Billy Band. You can find out more about the Bad Billy Band on iTunes or at www.badbillyband.com or follow them on Twitter at Bad Billy Band. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or find us on Twitter at Tavern underscore Tales. We'll be back next week with more of the adventure. 